All right, welcome to part two of Sixers Daily. I'm your host, Jazz Kang. Part one, I'm joined by Paul Hudrick and Jackson Frank previewing draft week for the Sixers coming up on Thursday. They hold the number 23 pick. Don't know what Daryl Morey and crew are planning to do with it, but if they keep it, they're going to have some pretty good options on who to take. One of those guys is EJ Liddell. He's a power forward with the Ohio State Buckeyes coming out after his junior year. Joining me to talk about him for this one, an assistant coach at Ohio State, Mr. Jake Diebler. Jake, first, I wanted, wanted to jump into this with you. You ended up coaching, joining the staff with Chris Holtman there at um, Ohio State 2019-2020. That was EJ's freshman year. You see him kind of build up into what he's become, put up 19 and a half points this season, along with just under eight rebounds, 7.9 for the season. I saw a lot of improvement from him, but when you look at year one to year three for EJ, where did he make the biggest leap in his game? Yeah, great question. I think he made the biggest jump his sophomore to junior year. And, and kind of bear with me here while I explain that, because when you look on paper, there was obviously a, a significant jump in production freshman to sophomore year, not as big a jump production sophomore to junior year. But the fascinating thing about that sophomore to junior year was he basically changed positions. Um, his first two years at Ohio State, he was an undersized uh, big, almost like an undersized center. Um, and he played his junior year exclusively uh, almost at the power forward position um, and in some, some cases on the wing. So I think his most of his growth happened in that offseason from uh, sophomore to junior year when he went from being a first-team All-Big Ten player in the post to then becoming a first-team All-Big Ten player, you know, much more on the perimeter and, and a, like a perimeter forward. So uh, I, I think in, in my mind it's no question that that transition – where he changed positions was the most most impressive thing he did while he was here. Hey, coach, you look at him, just his size, the way he's built. Six foot seven. He's a little bit shorter for a traditional four that we probably see in the in the NBA, but has a lot of muscle on him. Comes in about two hundred and forty seven pounds. When you look at his best suited position in the pros, where do you think that's going to be for him? Yeah, I think that I think that kind of versatile forward position is exactly it. Um, one thing he makes up for with his lack of height is his length and athleticism. He's, he's got a, you know, a significant plus wingspan and he is really athletic. Um, he showed that a lot with his block rate. He was one of the best in the country um, at protecting the rim. And then, you know, his versatility, being able to switch onto guards on the perimeter, uh, things like that showed his, his lateral athleticism as well. So I think he plays a lot bigger than he actually is. But his combination of strength and athleticism is is pretty unique, um, and makes up for any any questions or concerns guy you know guys may have as far as his his height goes. Coach, when you look at these his performance and his ability to improve from the three point line, right? Like you look at his first season, he shot nineteen percent from deep, worked that up to thirty three point eight for a year or two his sophomore season, and then last year. All the, all the way up to 37.4%. Obviously, three-point shooting at a premium now in the NBA. Of course, I grew up in the day where you could have guys like Greg Ostertag on the on the block and nobody was going to have to complain about <laughs> it. But now you got to be able to do everything there. Uh, when you look at his shooting, is that something you think he still has room to grow and improve on? I think so. Yeah, I think so. Again, you know, when you talk about someone who's, who's 
transitioned, you know, played much of their much of their basketball life on the interior and then transitioned to the perimeter at such a high level that he did and did it, you know, in arguably the best league in the country um, in college basketball. I, I think he's he's just scratching the surface, in my opinion, because he lacks, you know, maybe these four, five, six, seven years of experience. Um, and I think that's a positive because he was able to be so productive and so dominant for us. And he's just, he's just scratching the surface on his, his uh, role and experience on the perimeter. So I look at it as a positive. I think he's going to grow quickly while he's in the NBA. He's an elite worker, um, spent a lot of time in the gym, had to, to change, you know, change his game like he did and expand his game like he did, but elite worker, really high basketball IQ. Um, I don't think people talk about that enough. He is a smart player. Um, and you combine those things with, you know, with kind of the consistency he's shown over the last two years, shooting the, shooting the three ball, it, it, there's no question he, it's going to translate at the next level and, and there's room for improvement. You look at his athleticism, Coach Liebert, 35 and a half inch vertical at the um, at the combine and the Sixers desperately in need of some wings, guys who can do, who can do it at both ends of the floor. Uh, seems to check all those boxes. When you look at his potential fit in Philly, how do you think he, he'd work alongside guys like Joel Embiid, James Harden, Tyrese Maxey, and, and the rest of them? I think he'll be really good because he he compliments really good players. Now we we asked him to do a lot for us every single night um, and, and carry a significant offensive load, but his ability to shoot will create space. Um, and, and he can play off of others. He played off, obviously, a, you know, played with another talented player, Malachi Branham, who's, you know, going to be a first round pick this year for us. Um, played with another NBA player the year before and Dwayne Washington, who signed a deal with the, with the Pacers this year. So he can, he can play with really good players. He doesn't, um, he doesn't need high volume with the ball to be impactful. He can certainly be impactful um, when he has the ball and has space to create for himself. But um, I don't think he needs that to be impactful. And with, you know, what what I know about the Sixers is they got obviously some some really talented pieces and, and sounds like they could benefit from someone who can, you know, who can provide production without maybe necessarily needing the ball in their hands, you know, a, a significant amount of time. Last couple of ones for you, Coach Diebler. When you look at EJ's game overall, like you mentioned, he has a ton of strengths, but what are some of the things you think he needs to work on in order for him not just to make it to the NBA, but be a good NBA player? Yeah, I think he's got to continue to grow in his um, consistency at, at guarding on the perimeter. And again, I, I think some of that is just a lack of experience. Um, as he gets more and more experience, he's going to continue to get better with that. And, um, you know, I think one of the things he was able to do in, in college where he just could overpower people physically, um, he's going to have to, you know, keep developing some some finesse and some, uh, some you know, unique touch around the rim as he goes up against bigger and, you know, bigger guys, more, you know, better athletes than, than what we saw day in, day out here in college. But I think I think he certainly has the ability to improve in those two things. And, and the one thing, you know, I know about EJ is if you give him something to get better at, he will work at it every day. And he's done nothing but prove that he will, you know, he'll meet he'll meet what your expectations are. We, we set that bar for him this year where we, 
you know, made him change positions and he met it obviously in a huge way. So he'll do that. He'll do that at the next level. He'll live in the gym and, and his teammates will love him. I think that's the other thing that, you know, he was so good for us. Our guys gravitated towards him in the locker room and, and he'll, um, he'll be a great, you know, addition to any locker room just because he's got such a fun personality. All right. Last one for you, coach D Bert. You're talking about EJ, the player. What about EJ, the person you look at, at what he brings to the table. What, what was he like off the court? And what was he like just to, you know, spending time away from the gym and getting to know him over the three years that, that you've been there alongside him? Mature, mature young man um, that really, you know, really just had a spirit about him that was very positive, uh, re really positive, kind of um, always had good energy about him. And again, it, he was a he was a guy. He was a guy that guys on our team gravitated towards. Now, he was certainly, our, you know, our best player, one of our best players for two years while he was here. So that that helps. But um, he was an everyday guy. You know, I think who he who he was on, you know, was he was the same every day, positive energy, happy, you know, thankful for opportunity and, and, and what he had around him to work with. Like he was just a humble, mature young man and, um, you know, pretty good gamer, I guess, outside, <laughs> outside of hooping. He liked to play some video games and seemed to be one of the better, better guys on our team in that regard. But, um, no, our, our guys loved him. He was a joy to coach, you know, he, his, his availability every single day in practice, in games be you know bringing his his best stuff was it was impressive because we we asked him to do so much over the last couple of years and for him to be able to sustain that and and be there and be a leader it was it was a lot of fun to coach i'll say that he, he was a lot of fun to coach and he he made us look like good coaches sometimes out there too <laughs> well i think people are hoping that he can make doc rivers looks look good as a coach if he ends up being picked by the Sixers at number 23. Hey, uh, coach, hey, yeah. I'll tell you this. So I had to fill in for Coach Holtman for one game. You know, he he uh, he had COVID. I got to be the head coach at Ohio State for one game. And, you know, I, I told EJ before the game, I said, hey, man, listen, you know, because there was a nervousness, right, about our team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I told EJ, I said, hey, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really rely on you. You know, you're going to have to help me lead, lead this team. And. He's like, I got you, coach. And he comes out and hits like five threes in the first, you know, whatever, six minutes. <laughs> I I looked like a really good coach, thanks to EJ Liddell. All for, right. <laughs> for a game. So he can certainly, he can certainly help make coaches look better. He did that for uh he did that for us for three years. And and he did it for me, uh, especially when he made me look like some offensive genius. Uh, when he goes out there and, and hits five threes early in the game. So he, he was, he let, he and I laughed about that towards the end of the game when he was checking out um, when we, when we had a little bit of a lead there. And it's one of my favorite pictures of him, him kind of smiling, laughing at me. Cause I told him, I said, Hey man, I just, I just want to say thank you for making me look like I know what I'm doing out here. Oh, there you go. That's a, yeah, that's he's obviously delivering on his part. And I think a lot of us in, in Sixerland are hoping to see him. If, if the Sixers keep the pick, he's a guy I know that a lot of them want, want him to, to be selected. A, a big part of our commenters and our readers are very high on EJ Liddell. So hopefully we get to see that happen um, coming up this week on Thursday at the NBA draft coach. I want to thank you for taking the time out to join me. I know you had a busy recruiting weekend. Uh, so always appreciate you taking the time out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. All right, that's Coach Jake Diebler. He coaches with the Ohio State University men's basketball team and assistant coach there, uh, Coach EJ, for three different seasons. We're going to see what happens with the Sixers at Thursday's draft. That'll do it for this part 
of Sixers Daily. As I mentioned off the top, part one, I talk with Jackson Frank and Paul Hudrick, giving a deep dive into what the Sixers might be able to do this week.